You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Studio, this is the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. I am Dave Griffiths, and I am joined outside the studio by Joe Hopkins and Mike Chappell as well. Uh, Joe and Mike put together a great piece from last week's big Colts win, the Thursday night victory over the Tennessee Titans. I won't get too much into that other than to say, guys, I'm sure the Colts certainly feel really good about themselves. Certainly a lot better than they would have after a loss last week because, hey, you're tied in the division, but you've got the tiebreaker for now. A lot's going to come down now that you won the first game to the next Titans game, obviously. And, of course, you have to keep uh, keep it up before then. And uh, their eyes before then will take them to quite the uh, quite the challenge with the Green Bay Packers this week. We'll break down details and keys to the game. going to be broadcast at 4.25 p.m., a late afternoon showdown in central Indiana. It will be on Fox 59. We'll make predictions, but start with some news around the NFL. The Las Vegas Raiders have placed seven players on their reserve COVID-19 list on Wednesday. No change to the status of the game, the Raiders-Chiefs game, and uh, the high-risk close-contact high players are in quarantine. Uh, we've, I think, Mike, for, from what I remember, I think from just this year, even players who have been placed in close, like the high-risk quarantine, most, if not all of them, have been able to test negative and rejoin the team later that week. So it's a, it's a system that has worked so far. And of course the Raiders and uh, several other teams, Rams, 49ers, Browns uh, had a couple players as well. are hoping that that system continues to work this week. That was, wasn't that Ben Roethlis last week as well? Yes. So it's, it's one where you know, again, it, we talked a little, a little, a little later or whatever, but the league is going to this intensive protocol starting Saturday, which, which it just tells you how, intent they are committed they are to get this season played out and it means that you know meetings are remote players and coaches and employees wear, wear masks around the complex and it means players wear masks so we'll see how this goes but uh that we've gotten this far with so little knock on wood disruption is one thing they want to take this as the finish line yeah for um for for every team across the NFL to be put in the um the high intensive protocol is like the Colts have already been there a couple times this year because of their a uh, couple positive tests and even the uh, the false positive tests they had earlier in the year so it, it's not a situation that's new to them and I think most of the teams in the NFL have been in this uh, protocol already too but um just with numbers increasing across the country to step the NFL is taking to try to try to add one more level uh, of caution one more level of a barrier or whatever, trying to separate itself uh, from the virus as best you possibly can. Um, one more piece of news before we dive really uh, head first into this week. And uh, Joe, uh, your boy, EJ Speed, the uh, AFC Special Teams Player of the Week after that punt block last week against the Titans. I figure I would give you the stage and let you uh, let you wax <laughs> eloquent about your your man at linebacker there. That's right. He used his speed and length to get after the punt on that one. I was very happy to see it. I mean, I'm a sucker for any players with that kind of athleticism. So I've always been fond of speed. And you know what? He made a big play in a big game. The great thing is the Colts put out uh, something on social media. Just it was it was one of their director's cut put out by Colts Productions and and speed and TJ Carey were kind of going back and forth and describing that punt block and uh, like saying how they led up to that because they nearly got the punt before it that was shanked 17 yards out of bounds. Speed had his hand kind of in the guy's face. He was blocked well. He wasn't in danger really of blocking it, but just 
they, they had, they were in the Titans punt block units heads is at least what they thought. And then the next time they're just moving all around throughout the snap. Um, Tavon Wilson, shout out to him for jumping the snap and getting the attention of the, uh, the up back. And then that just allowed speed to go right into the backfield and, and block the punt and easy pickup for carry to go into the end zone. So um, it was a great, great week for the special teams unit and a great week for Joe Hopkins and uh, therefore the world. So it's this- funny. We talk, it, it, sometimes we gloss over special teams in a this year. It just did with the kicking, but this year it, it's been one week after another of, of plays with Sanchez dropping those punts uh, early in the season inside the five, and they got two safeties off of it. Uh, Isaiah Rodgers kickoff return. You know, Naheem Hines is a threat every time he goes back on punt. And, and it's funny, I'd forgotten uh, against Chicago, Jordan Glasgow, who they really drafted to be a special team player. It wasn't a block punt, but it was a deflection, and it led to a touchdown. So uh, kudos to special teams. And uh, I think uh, if you look across the NFL, Indianapolis, Joe, might be a unique city in terms of its special teams love or whatever, because just over the years, you've had Adam Vinatieri, who is uh, who's the GOAT, mm-hmm. who's a Hall of Famer. You've had a guy like Pat McAfee, who I, I don't know how many uh, NFL uh, beat writers will go and talk to the punter in the locker room on a weekly basis. But here in Indianapolis, that happened for a while because you needed to talk to Pat so I, I think a lot of Colts fans have an even greater special teams appreciation than fans from across the league. But a, as Mike points out, you know, being a unit that can be uh, as instrumental as it is in the outcome of a game, it still might not even be enough if the coaches continue to harp every week on, hey, all three phases being involved in the game. Uh, Indy gets more love, but uh, maybe they, they would even argue that they, they deserve even more than they get. Oh yeah, all the celebrity on special teams over the years, and now you got a new one and another one of my boys, Rodrigo Blink. That's Shirt. right. Led you um, into that one. At, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, being at the uh, the the uh, with Nature Boys party, Rick Flair, uh, uh, Rick Flair, Rick Flair, Nature Boy. That's right. Um, being at his party, getting him to wear his gear. So Rodrigo's already getting that uh, same type of celebrity. So I love it. Any kind of love for special teams. I'm all for this week. The Colts face off against the green Bay Packers leading the NFC North and uh, guys, the Colts could this week become NFC North champions. In fact, since they have already beaten the lions, they have beaten the bears. They've beaten the Vikings this year. So one more team left to go in the NFC North taking on the Packers who are certainly the leaders in that division, seven and two on the year. Um, We'll get to a Packers breakdown in just a bit, but first the injury report from this week. Uh, As we record this podcast on Thursday, the Colts are out on the practice field right now. So we can take a look at uh, some, um, uh, some beat reporters who are out there and see what's going on. But uh, Jack Doyle did not practice on Wednesday, uh, still working back from that concussion from what I've seen on Twitter. Doyle is out on the practice field today and to make it through the concussion protocol. As we all know, as we've talked about before, you need a limited practice and then to be able to be cleared by doctors. You need a full practice, and then to be able to be cleared by doctors and not have any uh, underlying symptoms. Like I've, And then you need an independent doctor, uh, I think, after that to, um, to fully clear you to be able to return from concussion protocol to the game. So if Jack Doyle has any opportunity to get back on uh, the field this weekend, uh, he needed to be on the practice field today on Thursday, Mike, and he at least is out there. So it's a step in the right direction for the Pro Bowl tight end. Yeah, this isn't a process that you can sort of jump from one to four. 
That's right. Um, uh, Mike cut out for a second, so uh, I'm just going to fill in for him, uh, saying that yeah, it's it's not. It, this isn't a uh, T.Y. Hilton being able to play a little bit with a high ankle sprain and kind of fight through it. As as all NFL fans who have who followed the league for a for a, even a, a couple years know uh, the uh, what what is required of players uh, in this uh, in the concussion scenario is to uh is to follow the steps and be thorough about the steps and uh, jack doyle at least has taken that first step so um behind him there there's a joe the secondary is uh, kind of i i don't want to say it's ravaged because that's probably too strong of a word um but nevertheless it has been certainly damaged by injuries this week you have kenny moore with a rib injury who did not practice on wednesday Though I did see some people saying again today, beat reporters saying that he is out on the field working to the side, uh, at least as the practice began. Uh, safety Kari Willis had a rib injury as well, did not practice on Wednesday. Safety Julian Blackman was limited on Wednesday with pelvis and knee injuries. So, I mean, there, there are very few weeks where you, uh, where you don't want a healthy secondary, but this, this would be the, uh, the, the least of those with uh, Aaron Rodgers, one of the best QBs in the league coming to town. Yeah, you want you want your whole secondary intact when you're when you're playing uh, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers and all those guys. Um, I'm looking at Zach Kiefer's Twitter account right now of the Athletic. He says Kenny Moore definitely practicing, moving at full speed in individual drills. So that's good news on Moore. Uh, he said Cardi Willis is practicing as well. I don't see anything on Blackman, but him being limited earlier in the week tends to make you think that it wasn't as serious as the other two. So hopefully they'll all be able to shake their individual ailments off and be able to go in this one. Mike Chappell has rejoined us. The uh, internet has been plugged back in in Beach Grove. You still with us? Yeah, we got the hand. We woke the hamster up, but he's running the wheel again. So we there you go. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah, we, we, we talked a bit about Jack Doyle. We talked about the Colts secondary issues this week, that there's a bunch of guys as starters who are – who are um, who did not practice or limited earlier in the week? Mo Ali Cox limited with a knee injury too. That's been the case. Um, but but Mike, uh, for for you, um, Kamoko Ture, and this is something that we we've chatted about even off camera and off podcast, saying, hey, the Colts we're we're getting to that time where uh, he's going to have to be put on the um, he's going to have to be put on the active roster darn soon. And this was the week he is back off the off pup onto active roster, limited participant with an ankle injury. But I would certainly imagine that a Kamoko Ture is uh, is going to make his 2020 debut this weekend against Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and, and this is one to where he's going to be on a pitch count anyway, and it's going to be really uh, sick him. You know, it, it, we're in pass rush mode, so, so go after him, and whether it's 20 plays or whatever. So I don't think conditioning or anything like that will be an issue. So this is one of those positions to where you can – He's been practicing for the last three weeks, so I, I I won't be surprised if he's out there on Sunday again. This is the kind of quarterback you need to kind of get to and keep in the pocket. And Tariq gives you that. What remember what we called it? Chris Ballard called it the fastball they missed last year. So this could be a monster addition at midseason. Joe, it's it's funny to me when I was thinking like the last two quarterbacks Kaboko Ture will face are this week Aaron Rodgers. Last time, of course, it was Patrick uh, Patrick Mahomes, who we had a great game against was certainly part of the the reason that the Colts won that game in Kansas City all the way back in last year week 5 or 6 whenever it was but um it is it, there there's no better time to get that as Mike said the fastball back to your pass rush than when you're facing one of the best quarterbacks in the league 
Yeah, and this this is a defense that's been one of the best in the league already. They've been so good. And then to add probably their most athletic outside pass rusher, I mean, Justin Houston is a stud, but I would say at this point in their respective careers, uh, Teray, assuming he's fully recovered from the ankle, has more athleticism. Um, And Houston is a player who, as far as getting to the quarterback, the sacks haven't been there in recent weeks. So adding another guy like Teray not only – helps the Colts defense, but might help take a little more off attention off of Justin Houston. If we look at the Packers injury report from this week, wide receiver Devontae Adams has an ankle injury. He was limited on Wednesday and Adams did leave Sunday's game with an injury, but did come back later in the fourth quarter, scored the game winning touchdown. In fact, for the Packers against the Jacksonville Jaguars who almost beat them. Um, of course, the Colts fans can't say anything about, uh, can't make fun of the Jaguars <laughs> almost beating the Packers. So sorry guys. Um, but, but Devonte Adams is, is one of the best wide receivers in the league. And I might even lean best, Mike, if, if your boy, Mike Chappell, uh, uh, Deandre Hopkins didn't make just a ridiculous catch on a, a hail Mary pass, uh, last week to, to win that game. That, that was, that was, what do you think was, this is something that's been going across the league. This is our, our one rabbit hole that we're allowed this week. This is it. But who, which was better the Deandre Hopkins catch or the Kyler Murray throw for that game winning touchdown. I thought the throw, I mean, we're splitting hairs, but, yeah, but totally. he, he avoids a sack, maybe two sacks and he's rolling and he's not rolling. He's running to his left squares up and throws it on a dime. At least Hopkins, was posting up and he, and he out left the guy. So yeah, to me, the throw by a hair, if the throw got a nine, the, the catch got a nine five. Joe, what do you think? I got to go catch on this one. I mean, the throws all nice. He did a lot to get the throw off, but the catch is what wins the game. Not the it's throw. All nice. I mean... It's all nice. <laughs> yeah that's nice listen DeAndre Hopkins at barely over six foot going up over three defenders I haven't seen like a catch like that in the end zone since Calvin Johnson did that to three Bengals back in the day and Calvin Johnson was six five so for DeAndre Hopkins at his size to go do that and I mean if you look at it slow-mo close up other hands are on the ball but DeAndre's are just bigger and stronger to me, that was the most impressive part. Not taking anything away from Kyler Murray getting that incredible throw off, but that catch, I mean, people are going to be watching that catch for years to come. They, they were both re- just crazy, absolutely crazy. And, and Joe, uh, you, you know, as, as a fantasy guy yourself, the, the impact, uh, to bring this back to, uh, to Devontae Adams, is one of the best receivers in the NFL. But when he's healthy, and he's had some injury issues this year, he's missed a couple games, but – but when he's out there, man, he's averaging 105 yards uh, per game as a wide receiver. That's leading the NFL. There, there are a few more valuable fantasy wide receivers than Devontae Adams. And that's, of course, because of the, the relationship he has with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, Aaron Rodgers just feeds this guy, spoon feeds him all day, every day. Part of it is because the familiarity and they know each other. Part of it is they don't they have a lot of other role players but they don't have that legit clear number 2 guy in the passing offense at least Aaron Jones is a number 2 weapon in the offense but as far as the target i mean it's Devontae Adams and then it's several tiers before the Packers next best pass catcher and, and i mean in the red zone he he's lethal nine touchdowns so far in seven games that's absurd um, so yeah my fantasy teams and the Packers are going to be hurting if he doesn't play on sunday 
And uh, the Athletics' Matt Schneidman uh, did report this week that Adams isn't guaranteeing he's going to play Sunday against the Colts with this ankle injury uh, he suffered last Sunday. But he says, uh, quote, that's the idea. So the, the idea is that he's going to play. I would, I would personally bet on him being out there if he's limited on Wednesday and he was able to come back in the game last week. So I, I would not, I would not, if I'm the Colts fan, be hopeful that uh, you're going to avoid Devante Adams. Uh, another wide receiver, Alan Lazard, returned from the injured reserve this week. Uh, Lazard had a heck of a game his last game out, week three. Um, he had six catches for 146 yards and a touchdown before landing on injured reserve. So he is back now. That's another weapon like Joe you're talking about. Maybe not a number two, quote unquote, wide receiver, uh, a, a strong number two, I guess, across the NFL, but uh, certainly came into his own in that one game before he left. And then also, um, let's see, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling um, is, is another just a deep play threat at wide receiver. Uh, he, he's not on the injured reserve. I, I'm, I'm getting off topic here. But anyway, Lazard was on the injured uh, list for a limited participant Wednesday. Um, limited participant, also Jair Alexander, the cornerback with a uh, concussion and a hand injury. Uh, he missed Sunday's game against Jacksonville. So like, like Jack Doyle, even a day ahead of Jack Doyle, Alexander with the concussion, he's back a limited participant on Wednesday. And then a full participant, uh, cornerback Kevin King, a quad injury. He's been out since week four, but a full participant on Wednesday would certainly be um, a good sign for, for him to be, to be back on the field. So um, the Packers, not too, uh, not too banged up there. Uh, on their injury report, at least looks like they're pretty darn healthy, which is at this point of the season which, which is great, Joe. And they're a team that um, they're playing well right now. They're healthy. They're, there's a lot of things that, that are going their way right now. Yeah. And I mean, like you just said, to get their two starting cornerbacks back in this game is big. I mean, to have those guys on the outside, Jared Alexander is a star. Um, he might not have all the name recognition quite yet. He's a young player, but he's one of the best 10, if not one of the best five cornerbacks in the NFL um, as far as man-to-man shadow. So this is definitely big for the Packers to get healthy as they're playing the Colts because um, we just saw the Colts. Phillip Rivers in that passing offense might have looked the best that it had all year last week against Tennessee. They finally got uh, Pittman going. He had a breakout game. So it's going to be big to see if the Colts can continue to pass the ball. Uh, the way that they did against the Titans. Well, that win improved the Colts to six and three. As I mentioned before, the Packers are seven and two. Uh, and this game this week is going to be broadcast on Fox and in central Indiana on Fox 59 broadcast at 425 PM um, of the Packers. Seven wins though, Mike, only one victory came against a winning team. That was week three back in week three against the saints, which was a heck of a game. It was a 37 30 win for the Packers in, uh, in new Orleans. Uh, but their, their combined record in their seven wins, their opponents is just 25 and 39. So uh, the Packers can come into this game seven and two and be feeling good to themselves on top of the NFC North, but this is still kind of a measuring stick for them having not played too many teams this year with winning records. Guys, it's, it's hard to believe the Colts would be a measuring stick for somebody a- after what uh, we, Yeah. Yeah. But, but again, I, I think what, what's encouraging are the Colts do seem to be getting, better in areas and again then getting Michael Pittman back is is huge it's just huge if he can continue to be that what they thought when they drafted him in the second round and not having him early really stressed the receiving core they really didn't have a a threat to get the to get the 100 yards and to get the big plays and he showed us the speed that that I didn't see in training camp the run after the catch so it's you kind of, again, you like where this team is. We'll get to our picks later on. It's to me, it's just going to be can this Colts offense 
build on Tennessee and score because the Packers, as, as, as good as the Colts' defense is, Packers are going to put points on the board. Yeah, with, with Pittman for me, he definitely stuck out last week, and I, I think it's a quote from the movie Django. Uh, he he had my interest before, and now he has my attention. Like I, I'm now, I, I I certainly got a little bit more on the Michael Pittman Jr. bandwagon after seeing him run with the ball just last I'm week. Glad you joined us on the Michael Pittman Jr. bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I said, <laughs> I, I've said before, I was I wasn't totally <clears throat> sold, but that la- last week was uh, was certainly a big selling point. Showed me something that I'd never seen from him before. So. We'll see if you can do it again. You can do it once. That's awesome. You're supposed to do it every week in the NFL. So, can, can uh, you can you imagine if Michael Pittman starts being the guy who gets a focus and opens things up for Ty Hilton? That'd be fantastic that? for Ty. Let me tell you, that guy could use a few more a uh, few more empty or free releases, whatever have you, uh, off the line. So, um, back to the Packers, bringing it back to Green Bay. They can really score, man. And so you figure the Colts are going to have to get into the end zone. Uh, more often than not when they have the opportunity to do so this week. But the Pack are third in the NFL in scoring, averaging nearly 31 points per game. They're sixth in yards, averaging nearly 400 yards gained per game. Aaron Rodgers leads the NFL in passer rating. It's about 116, and he has great numbers, of course, in yards and touchdowns as well. 26 touchdown passes, a second only to Russell Wilson, only three interceptions. And, and that's what um, – that's Mike – that's what um, – Philip Rivers pointed out this week one thing when we when we asked him just to, to look at Rodgers. One of the things he said that impresses him most is just that disparity in uh, in touchdowns to interceptions that he can still take as many risks as it seems he does and, and still come away with so few interceptions just because of uh, various factors. But that that's one thing that makes him an elite quarterback. It puts him up there in, in the in the list of quarterbacks in the NFL. He can get so many touchdowns and so few picks. It's probably because Rivers says. How do you not throw picks? Right. <laughs> I mean, because you know, Rivers tends to throw a few picks. And, and one thing that, that's interesting, as I was looking at the comparisons of Rivers and, and, and uh, Rodgers going into this game, they're both like top 10 on everything. And they're like 9 and 10 and 5 and 7. And But Rodgers is the NFL's leader all time in passer rating. It's like 100 and I don't know, it was 113 or 107 or whatever it is. Only like three guys career over 100, and we can argue passer rating and all that, but but people use it. So it, it's uh, this is an elite quarterback. You're right. He like like River said. He's the he's the aberration where he's the gunslinger w- without without the, the the bad plays for the most part. So uh, again, this is we were talking to Darius Leonard today about is this going to be the toughest quarterback you face all year. And I'll give Leonard credit. He just didn't buy in the story. And he said, no, no, Lamar Jackson is the, is the worst quarterback as far as in his terminology you face. But that's because of the running aspect. Now, Rodgers, he'll get out and break containment and, and hurt you. But he's really looking more to buy time for these receivers to get open. And that's why if the pass rush doesn't get to him, doesn't contain him, Rodgers is almost better. When protection breaks down and he looks to make plays, and he's just a master at getting something when there's nothing there. He's so effortless, it seems, when he throws the ball when he's out of the pocket. It just looks like it's whoop, the, the ball, like he's got it in his chest, and all of a sudden, a half a second later, it's gone because he he just flicks it um, so so quickly. He sees someone, and the ball's gone in, in, in the spot that it's supposed to be. 
which always impressed me about, about his game. And uh, we've mentioned his wide receivers, his weapons this year. We mentioned Devonte Adams uh, and uh, having a heck of a game, maybe one of the best, certainly one of the best wide receivers in football. Um, Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, both averaging nearly 20. Well, Valdez Scantling is averaging more than 20 yards per catch. He's the best in the NFL, 21 yards per catch. And uh, he's had a couple big plays in recent games, touchdowns of 52 and 78 yards the past two games. Joe, that's the one thing the Colts secondary has not given up is, is big plays. They are best in the NFL in 20 plus yard plays given up. It, this is a Packers team that, that is looking to beat you deep. It's not that they will beat you deep. It's that they are looking specifically to beat you deep constantly throughout the game. So the secondary is going to have to be at its best uh, against this team in particular. Yeah, they're going to have to defend against several deep shots down the field, um, especially the plays that Mike was describing where Aaron Rodgers kind of breaks container of the pocket, gets outside, and is looking to make something happen on one of those kind of backyard-type football plays. And, I mean, the Colts nearly gave up a 70-yard touchdown pass to A.J. Brown, who dropped it last week. Um, they, they can't expect to get as lucky this week. So I would not put, be putting Xavier Rhodes – one-on-one man coverage going deep because he's done a lot of things well this year, but his deep speed is not one of his strengths anymore at this point in his career. For Green let's, Bay, not forget, let's, sorry, not forget the, let's not forget on all these people we've talked about, the Indiana State tight end. Yeah. Tony is having a heck of a season. Was it uh, 27 catches, 347 and five touchdowns. So whenever you have a tight end that can hurt you underneath or stretch you down the field, it's just another – headache when you add him in the running game with Aaron Jones. Watch out for those sycamores, bro. Yeah. Green Bay also ranks 11th in the NFL in rushing. So you get, you focus so much on Aaron Rodgers, uh, You can't, you can't forget Aaron Jones as well in the backfield. And again, another um, uh, hearkens to Joe's fantasy um, fantasy background is the uh, free Aaron Jones uh, hashtag. So many of his, of his fantasy owners are, are frustrated in the fact that they don't give him the ball more because every time he touches the ball, it seems like he makes something good happen. The more opportunities Jones gets, the better the Packers do. I mean, they're averaging, he's averaging, um, the team is averaging 120 rushing yards per game. Jamal Williams certainly is a more than capable backup, and that's why he's in there getting touches. But uh, you, you can't just focus on Rodgers and, and forget the backfield because that's, Joe, a recipe for disaster. Yeah, and we haven't seen Aaron Jones have that breakout game since he missed some time with a calf injury. Since return, he's averaging under four yards per carry. They just really haven't seemed to lean on him quite yet, maybe easing him back in there. But, you know, with, you know, any fantasy player who has owned Aaron Jones know that the big game is coming. That big 150-yard, three-touchdown game is coming. Um, I don't think it's coming this weekend against a very stout Colts run defense, but Jones uh, definitely one of the best maybe top 10 running back in the NFL. Yeah, Joe, you bring up the Colts defense for sure would be uh, not one that you would bet on to, uh, to give up a game like that, especially in the run game. The fewest yards allowed per game overall in the NFL, less than 200 and uh, le- right around 290. The defense has the fewest missed tackles in the NFL, the second fewest chunk plays, which I mentioned already. Third fewest passing touchdowns, only 11. And again, remember um, Aaron Rodgers has threw for 26 passing touchdowns this year. Um, they're third in the NFL and run uh, fourth in the NFL in points given up less than 20. It's certainly a, a matchup, Mike, kind of like we were talking about last week with, uh, with the Titans offense. Um, they came in as a really, really dangerous unit. Um, they scoring pretty darn well. The Packers are again, another dangerous unit that, that this Colts defense is going to face uh, this week. 
Yeah, it's funny. You know, we talked to Derek Schlinder today, and this is the guy that doesn't need motivation. And it was brought up that Aaron Rodgers, after the 49ers game where uh, Aaron Rodgers told Fred Warner that Warner's the best middle linebacker in the league. And it, you can just, you just know that Leonard's ears perked up because he's always <laughs> he's always trying to find motivation. You know, some of it's real and some of it's imagined. So he said, he said, my first time meeting him, I want to leave a mark. So, and again, that's he he's the engine of this defense. Yes, it's the force Buckner's a three and all that stuff, but Leonard sort of gets these guys going. And I I I, I this is probably the, the most diverse offense you're going to face as far as, you know, Jones can get off and go for 150 on you. He can. And, and Adams is, is elite. I just, I just see the Colts making the plays when they need to, to keep this game winnable. But I, I again, I, I, I was hesitant early. I fully trust this Colts defense. I really do I have questions about the offense. But I, I will be shocked if, if the Packers come in here and just roll points and yards at will. I, I really will be. Well, on the other side of the ball, the Packers defense, Joe, is one that has given up some yards and points. There's not a ton, but they're kind of middle of the pack in the NFL. They're 15th in points allowed. They're averaging about 25 yards given up. And uh, also, let's see, they're 17th in sacks. They have one fewer sack than the Colts do uh, with 20 on the year. Um, but Joe, if there's one guy you have to watch on, on that green Bay defense, it is Zadarius Smith, their outside linebacker who has eight sacks. He's certainly way more than anybody else in that team. Um, so that's one guy you have to know where he is before the snap on every game, every play rather. Yeah. Free agent signing from a couple of years ago, and he's certainly been worth it. Um, he's got the eight sacks. There's no real other Packers, uh, rusher that really scares you. Uh, they got a couple young guys. I know um, they made their first round pick. Oh, what's his name from Michigan? The defensive end is Rashawn Gary. Um, he, he's been stepping up lately, and I think he's second on the team with two and a half sacks. So he might get a little bit of attention, but mostly this Packers defense is good, not great. They're definitely exploitable. They also have the second fewest takeaways in the NFL. They have four interceptions, three fumble recoveries. So that's just seven. Uh, that's that's a number that, that I think the Colts would balk at if they were at right now, just because of their, their goals and everything they've uh, said that they want to do this year. But uh, seven takeaways is not exactly the quote unquote playmaking defense that, um, that, that Indy wants to have, at least I can say. So um, move to our keys to the game. Um, first one, stop the run first, as we've kind of talked about um, you can't allow the Packers the run game and pass game to get rolling. And uh, Mike, you mentioned the Colts defense has been tough against the run all year. And um, as much as uh, Joe and I both respect the talent that Aaron Jones has, and you, you throw Jamal Williams into that list as well. Um, if you're going to, it's hard to say, put, put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands and make him beat you and say that with a straight face, just because of what Aaron Rodgers has done in his career. But it certainly makes things remarkably easier if you can limit what the run game can do, isn't it? Yeah, and again, since Eberfluss has been his coordinator since 18, one running back has had 100 yards on him twice, and that was Derrick Henry. So, I, I, and again, they, they take a lot of pride in that. Uh, but you're right. It, it, it's one like you, you're daring Aaron Rodgers to beat you, and he's got that that swagger. He'll say, okay, I'll, I'll throw for 400 yards on you. Uh, so, again, if, if you can get I, – I think he's a guy that you can rattle. Uh, you can get to him in the pocket. It's when, it's when he breaks containment. And, again, we've talked about Leonard, Buckner, and Houston. Danico Autry's have a pretty good year. 
Grover Stewart's having a pretty good year. So I just like the way this Colts off their defense comes at you in waves. If the back end holds up, the problem I've got with Xavier Rhodes and, and Joe alluded to it is, it is, I think, I still think he, he's a risk taker and I think he's susceptible to giving up the big play. And I, that's kind of scares me in this, in this type of a game. But I just like top to bottom the way the defense is playing. I think they'll have a, have a pretty good game against these guys. I've been impressed in that aspect with the way Al-Kadeen Mohamed has also rushed the passer, especially on break contained plays. He had a good chase down of Lamar Jackson, another one of Baker Mayfield. So, hey, if Aaron Rodgers is going to get out of the pocket, you know he's going to get out of there. But have somebody right in your face as you're getting out. Don't let him escape and kind of be free for two or three seconds, you know, and, and, and run around and be able to find someone down the field. Get somebody that you're thinking about, not so you can just stare down the field the entire time if you uh, if you break uh, break contained there also it'd be great to run the ball effectively like the Colts did against the Titans had 133 yards last weekend on Thursday and um, in the two losses that the Packers have had Joe they've allowed 158 173 yards so uh, as Mike said perhaps a duel between Philip Rivers and uh, and Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball would not be the best thing for the Colts try to get the run game going and see what Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines can do yeah I mean they don't have to you know I, I've kind of given up on get Jonathan Taylor going as a key to the game. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's going to happen this year. But just get the running game in general going. Let it be effective. Don't put everything on Rivers. Um, it was funny. I, I think I saw Mike joking on Twitter. It's like he's at a hundred. He's at 39 passes. Stop him now before he gets to 40. <laughs> and what did important. he finish? With? What did he finish with? 39. 39. That's right. Take, and they got the, the ball win. Out of his hand. <laughs> exactly exactly so yeah they, they got to be able to stop the run and run the ball which is pretty much what you try and do in every game but it, it rings true again this sunday getting touchdowns well, one, thing, one, thing oh, to is, one thing to notice is they, they've had their their best two yards per attempt games rushing the last two weeks uh, against baltimore and tennessee now that does include getting the wide receivers involved with those with those end arounds and, and misdirections which is fine. So, so, you know, you get 21 yards from Pittman, you get some, some yardage from Michael Harris. So it, they're just trying to find ways to get it going. And again, I, I'm with, I'm with Joe. I'm, I'm done with getting guys going and, and being the top five run game and all this, but you can't, you can't give up on it. And if you've got to be creative, then be creative. Starting to run out of time, but I'll just kind of fly through these last few. Got to come away with touchdowns and instead of field goals in the red zone when you're playing a guy like Aaron Rodgers. More p- points are you, – you need points to, to win this game. Win the turnover battle. As we mentioned, the Packers haven't been the best at the turnover battle, but that certainly will go a long way in, uh, in limiting uh, pack, Packers' possessions. And, hey, Aaron doesn't, doesn't turn the ball over too much interception-wise, so you might need to swipe the ball. Darius Leonard's pretty darn good at that. We'll see if he can do it this weekend. Um, so those are a couple more, uh, more points. The game predictions for this week, FanDuel has the Colts one and a half point favorites actually in this game at home, probably helps out against the, uh, the visiting Packers over under lines at 51. I'll go first. Um, I, I, I do like the Colts in this game. And I, like Mike said, uh, I think I am coming to trust this Colts defense a little bit more as the time, as time goes on. I like the Colts 28 to 24 in, in this one to, uh, to take a relatively high scoring, not too high scoring over the Packers. Mike will go you and then Joe, and then I'll close it out. I'm going Colts 27, 24. I know how the Packers get their 24. I'm not positive how the Colts get their 27, 
But I think this is another statement game, and I, I just like the Colts to find a way, maybe with, with Hot Rod kicking that field goal at the end. But uh, I'll go Colts to win and to cover. I'm going to go with the Colts as well here. I'm going to go with a little bit more points, though. 31 to 27, Indianapolis. That is the Colts Blue Zone podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. Stay up to date on Colts happenings throughout the week at Colts Blue Zone. I am at Dave G underscore sports. Mike Chappell is at M Chappell 51. And Joe Hopkins is at Roto Street Joe. Again, we thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Get this delivered to your podcast listening device every week. And we will see you next time on the Blue Zone podcast.